Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same way Jesus did it. I'm excited to have another one of our very own homegrown apologists with us here today, David Hazen. David got a bachelor's in global economics and international business from Cedarville University, and he is now a business owner in the environmental industry, but also has a passion for apologetics and the intellectual defense of the Christian faith, which he has pursued by being a member of our Ambassadors Forum for the last several years. He lives in Oregon City with his wife and daughters, where he spends free time with his family, music, outdoors, and of course, home renovation projects. <laughs> David, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. Any big home renovation projects that you got going on right now? Uh, back deck. Other okay. than that, I've been trying to put it on hold for the winter, but <laughs> there's always something. <laughs> Some things you can, you just have to do them. Well, you and I have talked a little bit about your background growing up. I've shared a little bit on this radio show. I didn't grow up in a you know, conservative Christian home my whole life, but a lot of people have. And so share a little bit about what your upbringing, what your family life was like, how you chose Cedarville University. I know among certain Christian circles, that's a high standard of school for what people are looking for in terms of conservative biblical university. So kind of walk me through. Yeah. So, so my background, my folks were in full-time ministry all my life. Um, We were missionaries, spent three, four years overseas when I was a little kid. I was exposed to that early on. Pastor's kid, missionary's kid. uh, PK, MK. PK, MK. (laughs) Like Paul, I've got all the credentials. (laughs) So when I, you know, came time for me to choose a college, I didn't necessarily feel called to go into the ministry like my dad had, but okay. I definitely wanted a Christian university. I wanted some Bible training. Cedarville had, you know, just a unflinching commitment to to God's word and so that was what I wanted. They had a Bible minor as a requirement for every student. Okay. And um, so even though I was pursuing business, I the, you knew perfect, you were going to get Bible along the way. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that school, one of their mottos is friends for life. And I wanted to build that Christian community with folks my own age and that kind of thing. So it was a pretty, pretty clear decision for me to go that direction. And, and before we, we get into, you know, college deep, more deeply, specifically, uh, growing up, Were you like, boy, everybody's a Christian because like all my friends and my dad and my family and it's just that's all I ever see? Or were you like kind of on the front lines with your family seeing the people that they were trying to minister to who weren't Christians and you, you know, did you get the big picture as a kid or? Uh, More the former. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much everybody we interacted with were Christians in the faith. So, yeah, that was definitely my experience. I think, you know, I was exposed to the ministry, but a lot of my dad's ministry was training pastors or training other people in the ministry. It wasn't, you know, on the front lines, oh, evangelism, okay. that yeah. kind of thing as much. And so 
for some people, you know, like like my testimony, I was in a very, very bad place because of some very specific decisions. You would look at my life and say, boy, there's a person who's rebellious against God, sinful and selfish. And when I had my encounter with God, man, I had to repent of a lot of sin and a lot of, you know, lifestyle and all these kinds of things. And it was a big conversion, you know, for me to become a Christian. If you can try and think back as a kid, your mindset, what did it mean to be a Christian to you? Yeah, there was never a big 180 conversion. I distinctly remember when I prayed the prayer as a six-year-old, and it was something that I always knew I needed to do at some point, if that makes sense. And it was a decision that I made at the time, knowing that that was sort of checking a box or or something to that effect. Okay. And then as you grew, do you ever have second thoughts like, hey, you know, that was just a box I checked. I I wasn't really all in. Or was it like, no, of course I'm going to be all in as a Christian. Like my dad's a Christian. My family's a Christian. Like what else would I be? You know, a giraffe? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was that. And I think I understood even as a six-year-old, like that praying that prayer to me was some kind of commitment. Like it was a, if nothing else, a dedication of my life to the faith, to Christ. So I think that you know, say what you will about childhood conversions. Sure, that was, sure. there was value in it, in that. There regard. was sincerity. There was understanding on your part, those kinds of things. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. So did you ever, before you went to college, was there ever a time in high school or youth group or church or your parents where people kind of came alongside you and were like, all right, David, it's important that this be your, like, pause for a minute, kind of rethink everything, go back and um, challenge your own assumptions or whatever language, you know, you might use. I think of the um, the Amish Rumspringa tradition. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. But, you know, 14 or 15 or something, they're like, hey, before you're all in and a permanent member of the community, go away. Yeah. <laughs> go away, see what's out there. And then if you're really serious, come back. And when you come back, you're all in. Was there ever that kind of an opportunity or a, a cycle that you went through before college? No, I would say, you know, and when I was in my teenage years, certainly made my share of bad decisions and things <laughs> like that. But it wasn't ever, I wouldn't say that it was ever for lack of sincerity with my faith. Like I certainly heard everybody say, yeah, you got to make your faith your own and that kind of thing. It always kind of felt like it was my own. Like it it was a very personal, um, personal experience, very, very much a commitment, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'd say no to to the question. I, I, I never was encouraged to do that. And I don't think, uh, never really made sense to, to just abandon it all and when I fully believed it and was committed to it. So, All right, so you're in college and everybody around you has probably, I'm I'm sure there's exceptions, but people went to Cedarville, a place like Cedarville, because they were all in and they're like, I want it to be totally biblical and solid and everybody around me and I want to be a community of strong believers. Is that what you found there or were there pockets of, of... 
dissension that you were like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this or, or what, what it, what did it look like? Yeah. I think it was, it was both. Um, so there was certainly a large population, probably the majority of the population of the student body who was committed, who was, um, you know, seeking to follow God. There was also a good chunk of them that were just going to college and, you know, signed the the statement saying they were Christians and and off they went. And okay, so you you had to sign a statement of faith to go to college. Yeah, so you had to sign a. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was at the now, yeah. but it was there was not only just a statement of faith that yes, this is, these are these beliefs I I hold, but also a, a covenant like we won't engage in these things. We, it was like a, a community covenant while clean we, living and exactly. Yeah. Okay. So there wow. was, there was a, a level of commitment to it. Um, but for whatever reason, there was still, you know, plenty of people that it, that was not important. You could tell, okay. but I would say, you know, there was, like I said, the majority of people, you could build a good community of, of friends, um, Christian friends based off of, you know, the, the student body there. So cool. So you made it through college still on that trajectory of solid. I don't want to, maybe this is the right word, unquestioned commitment to your faith or. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's an accurate way of putting it. Yeah. So you, you got out and said, Hey, if anything, I'm stronger in my convictions, more solid in my faith more knowledgeable about the things, the big questions of life and the Bible has held true and God has been faithful and I'm even more a Christian than I was when I started or whatever. Yeah, I'd maybe divide that a little bit. I'd say more committed than ever, more knowledgeable about the larger questions of life. I, I don't I don't know that I'd agree with that so much. Mm. Um, okay. I don't know that my education challenged my faith um, as much as it was seeking to, certainly seeking to to build up my faith, certainly seeking to build up my knowledge of the Bible and things like that. But um, I don't think there was ever, at least in college, a much of a presentation of opposing views to really, to question. Okay. So. Okay. So n- not a, a thorough comparative analysis of hey just this is what the ups, other options would be right this is why they're wrong or or not as good or whatever it was just sort of like here's what we believe let me solidify that foundation as much as i can yeah i mean that was that was my sense and okay. you know if anybody's listening from cedarville who takes issue with that <laughs> I, it was a while back so they're uh, what's their mascot the uh, the yellow jacket. Okay, shout out to the yellow jackets if you're out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so cool. Now, when was the first time in your life that you felt like, hey, wait a minute, maybe I've got some thoughts or some questions that I've never really fully pursued or dealt with that are nagging at me? Or how 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 would you describe the first time you kind of yeah, I'm trying to think of what the that first sort of nagging thought would have been. I, I don't really remember specifically, but you know, there were a few things. Um I think once I 
it was actually several years into my career. Um, I had a boss who was uh, just not a believer, you know, maybe might describe himself as an atheist, um, but a genuinely good person, like through and through, um, sincerely cared about other people, like got emotional talking about the poor, the poverty, things like that. Um, and I'd never experienced that. Like that was new to me to have somebody who was genuinely, uh, by all accounts, a person that had these, the, the things that we would describe as the fruits of the spirit. Um, but they don't have the spirit. And, and, and so there's this, this idea where I had this worldview where I believe certain things that I, some, some that came from the Bible, some that maybe I just made as assumptions. And I started running into issues in my life where real life, as I saw it, as I experienced it, didn't match with my worldview, didn't match with what I, what I held to be true about the Bible, about the world, about myself. Um, so that was, that, that was one of the main ones. Um, but there, there were certainly others. Yeah. So let me dig into that one just a little bit. Would you say that your, your worldview, whether it came from the Bible or specific teaching or just presuppositions that you, you know, filled in the blanks with on, in your own mind, would you say the message that you believed up until then was something like, in order to be a good person with all these fruits of the Spirit, you need to be a regenerated person reconciled to God by the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, you know, paying for your sins and, and filling you with new life or something like that. That's what produces people like this. Maybe, although I don't, you know, if you asked me that at the time, I'd probably say, no, no, there's, you know, there can be exceptions or, or whatnot. <laughs> but but part of it was maybe in contrast with myself. Like, I believe that as a believer, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Right. And this is, you know, the same power that raised Jesus right. from the dead right. Right. living in me. And I'm striving for these fruits of the Spirit. And I see all my own faults. And this other person doesn't have the spirit and yet is achieving these things For, he's further than I am. Yeah. The, <laughs> these character, right. the, these, the, <clears throat> okay. And so it was, it was just, it didn't make sense to me. Okay. Um, you know, another example that he at one point said that, uh, that he had read through the whole Bible when he was younger and, you know, it was obviously just kind of a bunch of stories and whatnot. And I remember that really, really, struck me. And I remember just like agonizing over that because in my worldview, I remember praying to God, like your, your word is a double-edged sword. It doesn't, right, you know, right. it, it'll, right. it doesn't uh, return un, un, uh, I'm It doesn't return void. Yes. R- void. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was just like, how could this possibly be that okay. God, you gave him the opportunity to read through the whole Bible and it did nothing. Like right. it, it just didn't make sense. Okay. And, and and would you say that he was antagonistic? Like maybe not intentionally, but just like, hey, David, um, you really need to think about your faith more deeply because I, it didn't, I don't think it makes sense and it doesn't pan out. 
even subconsciously, do you think he was trying to be subversive to your faith? Or was he just like, hey, you do you. Like, if you want to believe that stuff, great, go ahead. But I'm, I'm just telling you about my personal experience for me. Um, more the latter. Yeah, he okay. was in no way... Okay. You know, subvert like trying yeah. to trying to pick at my okay. faith at all. Okay, um, so that probably made it even more impactful to you because if if you would have felt threatened or attacked, like he was like David, I'm going to tear down your Christianity, you would have had your defenses up. Yeah, absolutely. but if he was just like, hey, I'm I'm just telling you, not out of any out of any bad nature and ill intention, I'm just telling you what I've experienced. It's yeah, very you know, non-threatening and non Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I think he was encouraging of my faith. Like if it, if it were to come up, he would have been, that's great. You know, that's great yeah. for you. And he's like, but, but I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm not, not only am I good, but I'm literally, I'm, I am a good person. I, I know this. And, um, Interesting. so, okay. So where, so that, that was the seed. That was the beginning, you know, finish the arc. We've sort of drawn this out to about here. Um, Pick, pick some point where you say, I'm going to, the, the arc's going to end here where I'm, you know, questioning my faith or having serious doubts or, or starting to deconstruct my, however you pick a, pick a point and then finish the story to the, to that end. Yeah, I think, um, and I kind of started touching on it, but I think I really started focusing on the Bible. Like, is the Bible true? Um, is it authoritative? What is the Bible? Yeah. And, um, the more I uh, read things, the more I read from others, the more, you know, challenges to the Bible I heard, problems with the Bible, contradictions that, you know, I didn't really have answers to. But some things that I'd heard before, you know, okay. things like, oh, yeah, how did Judas die? This kind of a yeah. thing that we, you know, can it, an apparent contradiction. Yeah, and, was he stuck through with a pole or did he hang himself? Like, right, you know. You know. Yeah. And so... Um, but those things that I was like, started to remember, like, yeah, I never really did get a good answer on that. I don't really, I, I started to approach, um, my faith, not from a point of defensiveness, not from a point of like, I need to figure out the right answers to defend this, but more as a, once I started asking the question, is this really true? Like, then it started to kind of unravel for me. Um, because then I was I was honestly asking these questions as opposed to defensively trying to figure out the right, right answers, right. Um, and so you know, like I said, I think the the Bible was was a big one. It was it was questions about the historicity of it, questions about um, the authenticity, questions about obviously the God's authority. You know, is is this really authoritative? Yeah. Did God really say these things? Um, and I think it got to a point where, um, I remember somebody, um, recommended to me, uh, a, one of the deconstructionist, uh, podcasts, there's several of those yeah. out there, but, and I started listening to these episodes and I'd probably In, say, explain what that means. Deconstructionist meaning, Hey, if you're a Christian, think like this and you will deconstruct your faith or they were deconstructionist podcasts meaning hey if you if you're having doubts and questions do this and it will keep you from deconstructing no it's more like um it's more like a like communities of people who are deconstructing 
and they'll go through different topics okay. and and talk about them. Got it. And I would say, you know, some of the one of the problems with it is it becomes kind of like this in this sort of support group community thing. Right. Okay. Their search, they're like seeking the questions more than the answers. Um, it, it's almost it almost glorifies deconstruction and doubt as like right. this. This thing that once you achieve it, you're no longer this mindless sheep. Right, you know, right, you're, right. you're. Um, this is kind of the the true way to get to intellectually be honest. Right. That kind of thing. Um, for me, once I started listening to some of those, and it became uh, just completely overwhelming, because it was like I had a bunch of questions that I didn't know the answers to. But now I'm being presented with a bunch of other things that I hadn't even thought of yet, and I couldn't mentally keep track of it all. And it just became so overwhelming that, um, it, you know how if you have a bunch of bad arguments, it can feel like a really good argument right, just right. by the, right. the sheer yeah, volume? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, it was a little bit of that. It's like yeah. uh, this whole thing feels much more likely to be false than true. Um, just by the sheer mass, like yeah. the weight of everything on me. I, right. I don't have these, I don't have answers. Right. Wow. And so at that time, did you feel like you had a community that you could be, by this time you're married? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're in a church. You're, oh, yeah. um, did you feel like you could be honest with your friends and family and say, hey, I'm not saying I'm leaving the faith. I'm just saying I'm wrestling through some issues here and I want to do it out in the open in the light. Or did you kind of feel these words might be too strong, but some embarrassment or shame that, hey, if I was a good Christian, I wouldn't even be having these questions. Yeah, I I felt like I probably had a community where I could have been open, um, but I don't think I you know, approached it from a very healthy perspective. It was very much an internal struggle. And I think part of it, you know, I, I was raised with this idea, rightly so, that, you know, I, I'm supposed to be the leader, the spiritual leader of the home. And so it was like, I didn't want to raise all these questions to my wife or to others that were close to me that I don't have the answers to. I don't want to like trip up their faith right, i didn't right. you open this, up a can of worms and all of a sudden you're like oh my goodness this, what have i yeah, done i didn't this yeah. felt like a very negative path to go down right. i didn't want that for for others um and so yeah i mean the i guess the answer is no i didn't didn't probably approach it very well from a community perspective wow man i am looking at the time and we just blew through the entire episode <laughs> in like a heartbeat i blinked and here we are um, well, thank you for that super honest, um, just kind of a, a story, your story of like, hey, this is how I went through these things, and these are some important aspects and factors along the way. Um, I would like to invite you back for another episode so we can actually get into some of the details of, you know, so where did you go? There's like a cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> what <yeah>. happened to <laughs> David? Is he, you know, out there, you know, protesting Christianity? Did he come back? You know, where is he? Um, and, and how you did that. So please, I, I would love for you to, to come back. Yeah, for sounds great. Episode. All sounds right. Sounds great. Well, how about you? Were you raised in a good Christian home? 
Were you taught that it's wrong to ask questions about God or the Bible and that a lack of faith means you might not be a real Christian? Do you have your own nagging questions or doubts about what's real or about who God is or about what's true or about who you are? Do you feel like you have a community that you can be honest with those fears and doubts and questions? I appreciate so much David's honest telling of his story today. And I want you to tune in to our next episode to hear the conclusion of his story, where he went, and what was helpful to him along the way. In the meantime, you can visit our website at theambassadorsforum.com to check out many of our helpful resources and some of our own hard questions and good answers there. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.